And we are back on Buffalo the Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining me this weekend. Uh, happy football day as the Raiders and Jaguars face off and Jarrett Stidham is lighting it up. Um, there you go. You got football. You got something. Hall of Fame game uh, is underway as I'm recording this, but obviously a lot more is happening for this team in Buffalo, and they are getting a ton of buzz before this first game of the season is underway. And, you know, this is we're going to get into trending topics. We're going to get into some polls. But the main thing about this podcast is surrounding the topic of setting the tone. Something that I feel like, you know, Brian Baldinger was talking about, even Good Morning Football was talking about, and you couldn't help but just wonder, is it going to be enough? Are the physical practices going to be enough? We're going to get into that. But, um, you know, first off, I wanted to start off with just one poll today, as a matter of fact. I didn't want to get into, you know, a couple. I just wanted to start off with that. Uh, One poll here about which is worse, guys. (laughs) 13 seconds wide right or the P.I. call on Mike Evans in uh, in Tampa. Well, personally for me, I I, I will go with the P.I. call because, um, you know, that was the game where Buffalo woke up and everyone was wondering, you know, what's up with this team? What all the buzz, all all of the angst, you know, it just it just felt as though they were they were just falling faint to what they could be and they hit halftime they rally after being down 24 to 3 and um you know that pi call for me was one of the worst uh, obvious well 63 percent of you said wide right 13 percent of you said 13 seconds 24 percent of you said the pi call and it's inter- it's interesting right because 13 seconds you would think because it's the freshest wound um but it goes to show you everyone still hates brady and um, we still hate losing to him, and it just felt as though it's just another loss marked in the history books that you feel it was it was Allen's game to break the Brady curse, right? Uh, maybe that's coming this year in a possible Super Bowl, or not, because the entire offensive line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is now in shambles with Tristan Wirfs out and Jensen. It's so wild to see that happen in such a pivotal season for them that you just feel like this is the official, official, unofficial uh, Brady retirement season. But um, look, at the end of the day, guys, you know, I think looking back on last season, it was such a pivotal game. It would have been awesome to win that in Tampa, shove everyone's words back down their mouth. There's zero doubt. But yet again, the Bills leave doubt, and I hope this is a season they leave no doubt. Um, and you know, a while back I talked about, you know, I wouldn't get too much into this, but you know what? I feel like it's something we got to talk about before we get into, you know, the setting the tone topic here. Uh, You know, this whole Deshaun Watson, um, situation is just, it's so puzzling, right? Look, I'm going to give you five examples of how the, the league and Roger Goodell have handled, um, certain situations. And then I'm going to finish off with Deshaun Watson's. I mean, this is very interesting for weed, right? With uh, Josh Gordon, 25 plus game suspension. Then you have the young, young cat from Atlanta bet on his own team, 17 game suspension. 
Then Burfig had a targeting, uh, you know, suspensions of uh, 12 games in total. I mean, that led to him getting out of the league, to be honest with you. And then a trace of PEDs, six-game suspension for DeAndre Hopkins. Got free tattoos, five-game suspension for uh, Terrell Pryor. And an alleged sexual sexual assault of 25 women. This this guy's only going for six games right now. Now, there's an appeal going on, all that jazz, but it just goes to show you, this league is a mess, and they need to send a really cold, hard message that just because you can play well doesn't mean you deserve to be on the field. And just recently, I, I had gotten into it with uh you know it wasn't bad it was just it was just a little debating uh, you know i i basically said that uh you know kaepernick i understand there's other reasons this was on twitter i understand there's other reasons why kaepernick is out of the league but if you're going to sit there and tell me that a gm and fans alike if they had the choice if they had to choose between deshaun watson running their offense or colin kaepernick who are they going to pick right um obviously you go with deshaun watson um, because of his talent, whatever have you, and you, you basically try to like just not care about anything that he did off the field. But this guy is not doing himself any favors. I mean, look, if you legitimately just screwed up, just own up to it, let the chips fall where they may, and then try to come back and try to come back and play football. Michael Vick did it. He's he's working for television networks right now and and sports networks, and looks like everyone forgave him. Um, it, it's just so puzzling this, this, this whole situation on how it's, how it's handled. Um, and we're going to see how it's going to be handled, but I feel like it's just, they've let it drag on for so long. And even into this awkwardness of he's actually in training camp and people are letting their children and their, you know, their daughters and their sons meet with this guy. And who knows? Um, it's just weird. It's just a very odd, weird situation, right? You're not going to go to someone's house that you kind of know they did this and then act, act, act like, you know, the elephant's not in the room. It's just, it's just a very weird situation, very complex, but, um, we're, we're going to be, we're going to see some, I think, I think the hammer's going to come down and, you know, they're going to finally put an end to this probably with a full season suspension, but um, going into even more controversy here, look at look at this. Everyone's talking about Miami and how Miami is going to be challenging the AFC East throne. And look, it goes to show you this organization is still in shambles. Tampering with Brady in his final year in New England just goes to show you they didn't know what the hell they were doing. And Flores was already caught up in the mess. And... Um, you know, it's just sad, you know, because if you're Miami, look, you have the location, you have the fan base, you have the history of Don Shula undefeated seasons and undefeated season and, and going and winning a Super Bowl. Like it, it's so wild that you got teams like San Francisco, great location, great fan base, figured it out. And, you know, now you're looking at the Chargers. Figured out their location. Great fan base. Great location. Figured it out. What does Miami have to do? They got to move to Fort Lauderdale. They got to move to Melbourne, Florida. Like, they got to figure something out. Like, I just have a feeling that they are so full of themselves with their veneers and and their plastic surgery and 
everything that Miami's about, just the aura around, like if you come here, it's the bougiest of everything. You're only going to ride Maybachs. You're going to live in this private island, all this BS. No, like they need to focus on getting players in Miami that want to be football players, not celebrities, not prima donnas, because ever since they've tried to entice players that way, like it just, it goes sideways. And it did with this situation with, with Tom Brady. It's so crazy. Look at what's setting the tone for all these teams going into this season. This is where I want to get into. And in Buffalo, there's peace, there's quiet, and there's physicality happening, baby, in the practices. And it's all about football. Nothing's hitting the news about Tua. Um, you know, running running, running practices and, and, and getting angry at other players and playing chippy. He's happy-go-lucky. Everyone's happy-go-lucky in, in Miami. They're acting like nothing's wrong. There's a lot wrong behind the scenes there. And once they start losing, which they will, it's going to hit the fan. And it's 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 going to be... Uh, it's going to be a hot mess. All right, so moving on here. Jordan Poyer injured. Elbow a couple of weeks out. I think, obviously, they're going to hold him out until the beginning of the season. It's a big deal for this defense, but I think it's it's so awesome. And shout out. I mean, everyone has been shouting him out. But I've had the honor of having Sal Capaccio on this podcast, on this network, and it has been such an honor to get to know him. So happy to see him on the Pat McAfee show, tearing it up in his power stance, just like Pat McAfee. <laughs> I think I I would I would have laughed so hard if he would have had a chain on and a freaking tank. But you know what? It's it's you say Capaccio, okay? Not ca- Capercio, whatever whatever the heck uh British Pat McAfee was saying. But it was so cool to see uh Sal's perspective on this defense, although encountering injuries. Thankfully, they're not very serious, right? They can get back on the field for the season. But you talk about a guy like Jaquan Johnson, been on the the Bills for four years now, and has never had a chance to really shine because he's playing behind two stellar safeties that have been very healthy. They've been solid, and they have been all pro. Um, And then you got DeMar Hamlin. He has a chance to go in there and, uh, you know, do his thing. Coming out of Pittsburgh, I just feel as though... You know, Brandon Bean and company have a very like strong affinity for these Pittsburgh guys coming into Buffalo and Dane Jackson and DeMar Hamlin. I just feel like they have an he they feel like they have an it factor. And I'm gonna tell you, we're getting into this a little more, but man, Diggs, if you're listening, well, we'll get into it right now. Like Diggs, if you're listening, just take it easy on these young men. Dane Jackson probably had to readjust his ankle tapes about ten times out there. Uh, you know, I'm even more scared for Tredavious White getting back out there. Don't don't freaking tear his knee with how you're running routes. Again, um, and hey, yo, uh, let these young bucks keep their shirts on if you're gonna make them sing, you know, some Backstreet Boys. It's it it was it was sad. It was sad to watch. It was hilarious to watch, but it was sad to watch. But um, look, going back into here, you know, y- you want to see your captain doing his job, right? Um, it, it's it's kind of like what uh this on Good Morning Football it uh, had McCordy talking about. How Bill Belichick even said, if you don't see a fight, if you don't see physicality in training camp and in practice, something's wrong. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick said that said that himself. So it goes to show you there there's 
they're allowing this to go on as long as it doesn't escalate into something crazy, right? Where they're hurting each other. Um, physicality leads <laughs> to, to, to altercations, you know? Um, it's how it is in the game of football. Stephon Diggs took a swing uh, at Gregory Rousseau after a play. Things calmed down, but then it continued into the huddle. Ed Oliver had to be held back. Oh, and um, by the way, Josh Allen was not involved this time, which was really awesome. But, um, you know, look, Stephon Diggs is doing his job, making everyone rise up to the challenge. They're staying physical like McDermott has preached for so long. They, they believe in being a very physical team, but also continuing to keep the edge. You know, and, and I think that's something that last season we, we, we lacked, right? McDermott has, and, and it was so confusing because he, McDermott was preaching and he has this mentality of that the Bills are a very physical team. And yet you saw them get pummeled in the trenches. You saw them get beat to the punch and have to come back in games. Like, it was just so stupid to think that, no, that yeah, the Bills are definitely a physical team. Like, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen is because he's jumping over players and sacrificing his body. But I want to see offensive linemen doing that. I want to see, uh, you know, our receivers doing that. I definitely want to see our running back room doing that. Um, finally, the defense uh, they they got to show that this year. And, and and if you have your offensive captain, one of your offensive captains, literally letting them know, like, yo, y'all got to bring it. Not just try to execute when there's a 50-50 ball, but in the trenches, if we're whooping you up and you can't get in there, something's wrong. There's not enough physicality or you guys aren't caring enough. And I, that's what I talk about the edge. Like, the physicality has to meet you know, the edge, the, 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 the tenacity, the willingness to do whatever it takes to get it done. And I feel as though, you know, when you're in a big game, especially you look back at the divisional round against Kansas city, it just felt as though the bills had a hard time finding their rhythm. And, you know, goes back to what John Feliciano was saying. Although a lot of us disagreed with it in the beginning, I did, um, with what he said in an interview. Um, look, he, he believed that what was lacking in, you know, that Kansas City game what would have been the edge to probably, he believes, to win that game was having that tenacity and physicality to, to, to bark back, but not only, you know, bark back, but bite back along with it. Um, it just felt as though they were playing patty cake with another team and it was tit for tat and they couldn't stop the quarterbacks. Well, you're not going to, you know, intimidate the quarterback. You're probably not going to win against that quarterback. Um, you look at, you look back at games that Mahomes was struggling in. It was against teams that were really getting to him and that were really getting in between the trenches and bothering him, uh, making him uncomfortable. And I think that's something that the Bills need to bring to the table here. You look at Gabriel Davis throwing on tons of weight, uh, you know, to, to bring that factor into his game. He has the speed, but it's not breakaway speed. He has the length, right? But it's not, it's not crazy amount of length, but what he, what you have seen time and time again, you go back to that Tampa game. As a matter of fact, you see on a fourth down where the bills, they need someone to make a play. Gabe Davis comes back to a pass from Josh Allen after he had, after he was already past the first down marker comes back, makes the catch on the right sideline, carries the cornerback over the, 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 the fourth down hash mark and just first down goes down. Bills tie it. So, um, you know, th- those are the little things you start, you're starting to really see, okay, it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, that the bills didn't know what they were doing or they just didn't have a good enough game plan. 
a lot of what some of these game plans demand is physicality um, to, 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 in order to, to impose your will on another team. Like if you're writing up, for example, you're writing up a, a route for Isaiah McKenzie to, to get deep, but he basically has a route that's probably going to take him about three and a half to four seconds just to complete. You more than likely are going to have to demand that offensive line to block like they are giving their life up for it. Because that one play could be the reason why the Bills get the edge. There's so many routes I look at with, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs. I'm like, man, I think the reason he works so well for this offense is he is so freaking quick and strong and agile coming out of his breaks. It's it's That's why he's impossible to defend. Look what he did in Marshawn Lattimore. So, one, two, right before you hit three seconds, he's open. You know, and, and that's something that is super reliable, obviously, for, for a guy in Josh Allen, where, you know, he's willing after that, that one, two, three seconds goes, he's ready to run out of the pocket and make a play. He needs someone to get open and get out there. But I think when you look at what setting the tone is going to come down to going into, um, you know, preseason and whatever have you, it's going to come down to these offensive linemen wanting it and, and, and being willing to seriously do more than is expected. Do your job, but do more than is expected to get that extra yard. Push that running average a little higher because it it makes the defense play different. If you're constantly relying on your quarterback to run for you, to, to boost up that running average, all they have to do is find a way to slow him down because that's pretty much the juice of your offense, right? You're, you're, you're asking, Buffalo's asking for Allen to do basically three different things. And if, if we were able to just shave one of those things down and boost the average with the running game, right away the whole, the whole entire offense looks completely different. The, the, the game planning, the, the, the tenacity, the confidence, the morale, and it starts off in the trenches. We talked about this a while back, guys. I mean, we talked about this so many times. Um, on different podcasts too on this network. But when you really think about it, this isn't rocket science on what the Bills have to do to not only win against Los Angeles in week one, but more importantly, to dominate this year. They need better play out of this offensive line, and they need to hold their blocks. They need to play different. They need these guys that are that are up and coming like Spencer Brown, right? Deion Dawkins, we're going to need them to play on a different level this year. We can't constantly rely to get those two to three seconds of protection with Dawson Knox and Devin Singletary helping in the backfield with only three receivers out there trying to catch the ball. We can't do that anymore. It's too easy for defenses, and it's too stressful on, on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to get something done. There is not a veteran wide receiver like Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, right, or John Brown to, to help alleviate the pressure just a little bit. There's unproven talent on this roster at wide receiver two as far as consistently playing at that position or coming from a team where they were wide receiver number one. Um, you can argue Tavon Austin, but if we're going to be completely honest with you, there's not a lot of buzz right now about him. 
And there's so much more money that's been pumped into Jamison Crowder's contract uh, to fill the void that you're probably going to see the Bills try to fit him into the game plan. And I, I don't know what they're going to do with Tavon. I like Tavon a lot, but we'll see. Right there, there's a lot of potential there. Khalil Shakir starting to pop up in practice, making plays, but it's going to be so interesting to see how things continue to play out. James Cook, final finish here. James Cook is starting to look like his brother is splitting him out wide, and he is racking it up in the past game. So that's another thing we talked about. We're getting observations about, and it's it's interesting. It's it and it's and it's going to be serious for this offense to get in position to do whatever they want, right? You just feel like the Bills are on the cusp of doing that. You look at how Aaron Rodgers runs his offense. You look at how, you know, Tom Brady has run his offense for so many years, right? It runs through him. And you you know what he's going to give you. You know what he can do for you. You know in situations you can rely on him, right? And, and, I, and I feel the same way about Aaron Rodgers. You look back at Aaron Rodgers, you know, recent years and he's getting older he's so reliable even at the age of 38 now he's not rolling out as quick as you know you know latter years but I'll tell you when you need to play and you need that back shoulder throw there is no one in this league that can defend that I'm sorry it is disgusting and I like I'm like I'm liking what I see out of Josh Allen he's starting to trust Stephon Diggs more on doing that and I think that's something that's going to really help with this offense as we continue forward. A lot of game planning is going on. A lot of differentiating. But seriously. Um, an encouraging training camp thus far. Sold out every single day. Brian Baldinger is there. You know NFL Network is. is Everyone's trying to get there from NFL Network. Just to see what's going on. See what the buzz is like. And, um, and I know many of you are going to these, you know, training camp or training camp sessions and you're starting to see this this team looks different. This team feels different. And I believe setting the tone is what's going to be the difference. So, guys, thanks again for listening to me on Buff Up, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Again, I'm your host Steve Vega. To all the veterans and first responders out there, I support you. I am one of you. Thank you for all you do for our communities and our country. Guys, have a great weekend, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, and go Bills.